Hello, Gunnarbon, and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends, a circus of family values and role-playing advice. <laughs> I'm a big lion. He is a big lion, and I have a chair and a whip, and I don't know what to do with them, but I'm I excited. Want, I want to eat you. Oh. I want to- I want to eat your flesh off your body, but you're putting this chair in my face, and it's very distracting. Then I'm very glad I have the chair. Do you want to know a fun fact I learned about lions being a lion? Yes, whoopah! Oh, oh, stop it. So the reason why I can't, why I'm bemused by a chair is it's got four points on the end. Mm-hmm. I keep trying to look at all of them. That's... I can't, I can't keep a focus on all of them at once. That's why lion tamers use chairs. That's pretty good. Also, I've put a picture of Moira Stewart on the base of the chair, and that's just throwing I, you right off your game. Oh, I, I love Moira Stewart. I wouldn't want to hurt her. Exactly. I am immortal in this circus of <laughs> RPGs. We've got questions, Crunch. We get to the questions. Be like, oh, I want to fuck this guy up. Oh, wait, a chair. Oh, wait, Morris Stewart. No, it's a chair. <laughs> you're, just, you're just playing Morris Stewart.mp3 from your phone taped to the back. Yes. Hello, and welcome to the 9 o'clock news. I'm Morris Stewart, and this is not what my voice sounded like. But it's the best approximation you're going to get. What did her voice sound like? Was it like this? That's the one. Hi, I'm Morris Stewart. She I was, have big shoulders. She was the keeper of the dungeons. Hello. Hello, Hello Christopher. Hello, Grant. You did Grant is a lion. Great. I'm, 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 a, I'm a lion and you're a big fat ring keeper. Fat? Hmm. Yeah. Well, Interesting. I, I imagine, well, they're always quite rotund guys, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. You ever seen a skinny ringmaster? I've never seen a ringmaster in all honesty. I've That's never true. been to a circus. No, I mean, I think I think I went to one when I was very young. I seem to remember that the clowns were threatening to throw water on one another, and it was glitter instead of water. How betrayed did you feel? Like pretty well, like kind of a mixture of betrayed and more bored than I was to start with. <laughs> and that I wanted that kinetic smash of water on mm-hmm. these capering assholes, who no one likes. Right? No one enjoys a clown. No, I don't. We've moved past them as a society. You have to do it ironically now, I think. I, I like I, was... I like the thing about clowns where they, they have their faces on an egg. The way in which their faces are painted on an egg and stored in, I believe... It's, I think it's like Cheddar? Like Cheddar Gorge or something? Is it really? It's some weird place in England, yeah. It's the and International all, Seed all, Bank. Or, or maybe it's probably in America, yeah. actually, I imagine. But yes, uh, if you didn't know... Um, every clown has to have their face painted on an egg, uh, but that will be that will be uh, knowledge to anyone who's read uh, a Terry Pratchett book. Oh, well, really? The, is is, that, well, big, is one, that a big thing? Well, no. The one way he mentions it, I think it's very. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a core plot line. <laughs> it's in every introduction. <laughs> By the daughter, way, reader, to my daughter Rihanna, and also to the fact <laughs> that eggs have clown faces on. For more information, buy my next book. See Cheddar Gorge. Mm. <laughs> I I saw these clowns capering around, you know, and then they had this they had this bucket and they threw some they were gonna throw water at each other and then mm-hmm. it was glitter and it didn't smack or have any sort of impact. And it's like the trick's being played on us. The other clown was in on it, we know. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, it's not like the, the other clown's like, oh shit, he's got water again. Oh, I've put on my makeup on, it's gonna ruin it. <gasps> oh, it's just glitter. Oh what a relief. 
Oh, it's stuck to all the grease paint. This is actually worse. We want to see this dog, this grease-painted hound, punished in the in in the square circle, and by square circle I mean circular circle. Yep. The square circle is a boxing. I mean, actually, clown boxing. That I'd watch. Wait a sec. The loser thrown into a car with sixteen of his brothers. Am I just describing wrestling? They're very similar. But you take so like. I don't know what I'd, what, I'd, what I'd rather have. One, wrestling, but just with clowns. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's kind of what it is already, except you just they just have clown makeup on and, and like, have, have more elaborate things around around what they can and can't do. Yeah. Like, I'd, very, I'd be very much into a mime wrestler. <laughs> Somebody who very clearly telegraphed all attacks, but then intentionally didn't hit them. However, the other person reacted perfectly. Yeah, for sure. Or like, um, like getting a like, like, like miming a brick wall, which the other guy runs into. Oh, that would be so good. That would be quite funny to have a couple of times. Or, or I guess that it couldn't be your only shtick. So it would have to be like maybe when you drink mime juice, <laughs> then you have the capacity to do it, which is an empty glass. <laughs> There's no glass there. <laughs> but actually, I think it would be fun just to take some some clowns who are fairly acrobatic. Yeah, um, and just just slam them into a into like a hell in the cell match. Mm, I'd like. I to remember have those one from a normal youth. wrestler. Yeah, like, just terrorizing like, them. Like your sort of um, perfectly rectangular man, not like your live CM punks. Look at you with your knowledge. I, th- I think he retired four years ago. It's not like your live CM punks, but like I'm talking. I mean, the Undertaker is the one that springs to mind, but I don't want one as I don't want one as camp as the Undertaker. I just want a big man who throws people. Kane. He was like Kane evil. Was, he, he had a mask on though. Wasn't, wasn't he the Undertaker's brother in the fiction? Possibly, but he took the mask off at some point. Hmm. Well, point is, we got sidetracked lad, right into the wrestling rings, didn't a we? A big lad, and then all of the um, all of the clans are just sort of bouncing off him. <laughs> <laughs> he he's completely immune now. Okay, okay, so like this is one option. The other option I'm interested in is what if it's real boxing but just with clowns, just bare knuckle. Um, you can give him gloves. All right. You can give him, you can give him gloves with squeakers in. Oh, perfect. So it would make the noise. So you, you give him gloves with squeakers, and like bursting your squeaker would be a uh, a real sign. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the sort of thing which twice. makes you go to the hospital. <laughs> Although I would like to posit that UFC fighting would be more fun. You know, chain link hexagon. I think I like the bombast and ceremony of boxing more than I do of UFC. Like, boxing has some elements of a sport to it. There's an element of performance to it. Yes, that is very fair. Uh, And UFC has all that up at the start. And then you just punch a man into unconsciousness in a ring. There's very little in the way of the sweet science. I I genuinely enjoy the odd UFC match. I I can I get it. I think it's a bit like Dota. Okay. In the where you got to destroy the towers before you reach their core. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and then a load of um, creeps come up. Yeah, and then and then so that'll be like um, you know the guy's children, his mum, his dad, that sort of thing. Um, some like remote control cars he's in charge of. You got to last hit his children to get more gold. You got to last hit his children, yeah. And like if he's if he's doing very well, you have to go and find the jungle, 
um, in the in the arena and just dick around there for a while to get some XP and yep. gold. Is that a thing you do in Dota? Yes. Yes. Jungling, right? Yeah. Yes. I. It's it's like Dota in as much as you can. It's how are these two guys going to fight? Yeah. And there's a, and there's a wide and like boxing, you have to box in the way you're taught. Yes, there are more. No, I, I'm, I'm, structures I'm, I'm, I'm radically upon simplifying the whole thing. Oh, obviously, but, yeah. But, but there, there are more rules, and you're not allowed to kick them or like hug them or what have you. Except, not for too long. You you can have a little bit of a cuddle. Except when yeah, boxers seem to get really really tired and go in and then do those quite ineffective looking punches on each other's sides. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I'm not saying I'd like to have it happen to me. No, it, it would probably still kill us. It would. Yes, I would. My organs would, would be reduced to a sort of jam. But UFC is much more. Is he going to be kicky? Is he going to be huggy? Is he going to be punchy? Is he is he going to run around in circles till the other guy gets tired out? Does he have a gun? I Has he trained a hawk to sweep into the arena? <laughs> the reason I like UFC ah! is because if you watch like the big matches, like the championship, whatevers, yeah, there's this moment where they're where, where they're, they're fighting and they're doing quite well, mm-hmm. and then one of them clearly gets angry. Oh right, okay, just. And like this red mist descends, mm. and they just attack the hell out of the other person, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying to see. And you like watching this, do you? I love it. You like being terrified by real human violence. Yes. You should go drink in some pubs near me, mate. You'd love it. <laughs> hey, I used to live in Crawley. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's probably where I, I got had the my first fill from. of real human violence. I remember we had. Um, the, the first night I stayed over in your flat, there were shirtless men fighting in the street outside. Yep, screaming at the top of their lungs. Oh, yeah, it was great. And like, and all their girlfriends trying to encourage and stop them at the same time. And literally, action or quote, he's not worth it, Chardonnay. Chardonnay? Yep. I remember one fellow was called Darren, which I felt was quite fitting. Yes, but like there were regularly streams of Chardonnay. Now, I will say, Chardonnay's a beautiful name. I think it's a lovely name for a girl. It has, it has, unfortunately, got a reputation behind it. It's, it's got connotations with perhaps um, lower income families. There we mm-hmm. are. Okay, um, but I think Chardonnay is a lovely word. But like, you, 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 I mean, like Sauvignon would be a great name for a boy. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Sauvignon. What's your name? Pinot. Pinot. Mm, Grigio. So, Grant, casting your mind back a very yeah. long way here. Yeah. Do you remember role-playing games? Um, yes, I was a lion in a circus of role-playing games, and you were some sort of big man with a chair. Yes, now I'm being yeah. that fat ringmaster. Yes. And uh, roping you back in towards the theme of role-playing games. Well, it's a... I mean, we'll try. We'll give it a go. So what do you think we can do with it? Are we going to play one live on air? No, no, no. I've got some questions here that you can also see. Oh, oh like that would, yes, do, in the chat program we're using. That's the fella. What I'd like you to do is mm-hmm. to cast your eye over them, mm-hmm. choose one, and then mm-hmm. read it out loud along with the person who said it. No. <sighs> well, it's been good knowing everyone. Um, yeah, thanks everyone. 76 episodes. 77? Quite a few. We lost it, didn't we? No, I'll do one. That was that was a little joke where I pretended not to know what the oh, theme of the show was. Oh, blighter! Oh, I'm cheeky. Pranked again. Uh, <laughs> so, trivia lad asks, what class are Mario and Luigi? 
Oh. What's what classes, I believe. I don't think they're the same class. <laughs> Upper middle. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mario's um, a working class stiff. Married a princess. From the Brax. 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 Well, he didn't marry the princess, did he? Like, from what I can tell, they haven't even shagged. No, you don't know that. She made it, she made him a cake. I've made you a cake, mate. That is true. And we are wed. <laughs> I'm saying it's like making someone a cake is not a symbol of an ongoing sexual relationship. I, I believe that's the formal notification for that. Yes. Is that is that a bit like like where a lady would hold a fan in a certain way to indicate that she was taken or available or not interested in you? Thanks very much. Yep. Is that like in Nintendo games when someone bakes a cake? That's like. Mario, get all up in my guts right now. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly Re- it. Rearrange my innards, Mario. <laughs> With just plow me written in icing. <laughs> that, that that's how it works. Anyway, let's look let's 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 dissect. Oh, there's a hot there's a hotel room key baked into this cake. <laughs> I've swallowed it. Good. Oh. I forgot to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> let's dissect what Mario and Luigi do. Yeah. And yeah. we'll see what they what they can what they can do as a class. So now, they can jump. Yeah. They can jump. They Big can run. jumpers. Um, um, excellent at throwing radishes. Well, in in the second Mario game, yes, or the third. Is the best Mario Forget, game? Yeah. I can't remember. No, which one's it name. wasn't. It wasn't the best one. The best one's Super Sixty Four, man. Ah, tough. Not the one that takes place on a theatre and you'd only play Toad because he's slightly quicker at pulling up radishes to throw at enemies. You know, throwing radishes at enemies like Mario does. Oh no, yeah. wait. They run, they jump. They, 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 he has he has a vast stock of coins. He collects Lots of a, money. He collects a significant amount of coins. Now, Sonic the Hedgehog collects rings. Mm-hmm. And these are a measure of protection. Yes. Mario has coins, and then doesn't spend them on things. He simply wants the wealth. But he turns them into life. Is he a doctor? Well, yeah, he is. I mean, you know, I mean, he had that game, Doctor Mario. Ah, I think that was more back alley sawbones, right? Uh, so because like, his his yes, me- doctor was an inverted commas. Yes, and Doctor Mario's method for fixing any illness was mixing too many pills. Yeah. Take 18 of these and see me in the morning. <laughs> uh, which one's going to pick up? The red ones and the blue ones? Yes! <laughs> so that's what? Dexedrine and what? Blue! <laughs> okay. Okay, sure. Thanks, Dr. I Mario. make them in my garage. <laughs> I find them in a skip. Come on, Yoshi. <laughs> I'm... Who's he talking to? Nobody called Yoshi here. There's not even a window in this room. He's clearly I, made his reflecting mirror out of cardboard. I, he's just drawn his face. <laughs> <laughs> I that's just tinfoil. I so we've never seen them plumb. No, they are aficionados of the pipe, though. <laughs> that's that's what I've heard. <laughs> It's all it's all back to that cake. No. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they are they are expert pipesmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're expert pipesmen. They engage in they change size a lot and wear costumes which give them magical powers, much like Sailor Moon. Yes, very true. 
is Mario the first, well, not the first, but is Mario an important, um, iconic figure in the magical transforming girl I mean, subculture? It's, it's entirely possible. When you think about it, so like when Sailor Moon powers up, never seen an episode of Sailor Moon, not going to. When just Sailor pretend. Moon powers, yeah, I'm just going to. I think I don't think anyone, I don't think it actually exists, right? It's just a zeitgeist thing. Yes, yeah, it's just when for posters Moon, and t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. When Sailor Moon powers up, she pulls out the wand and and goes like, "Ah, uh, Sailor Moon transformation process," and the camera spins around, and then she's wearing a slightly different costume. We can do magic. Mm-hmm. It's the same as that, except Mario is like fire flower transformation process, and then he um, I didn't need the extra A on the end there. I'm sorry. Yes, you did. Um, he and then then he can then he can he can take two extra hits and throw fireballs. That is very true. Or he can hop around in a big boot, or dress up as a raccoon, or have a cape, which lets him fly, but not quite. Yeah, it's kind of half-glide. So um, but they're, all, they're also inveterate gamblers. Are they? Well, that Mario Party? Well, not just Mario Party, but it happens in many, many games. Okay. Um, like, for instance, in Mario 64, you've got to race a penguin. And if you do, you win a prize. You've got those those luges. Yeah, yeah, and there's and there's that rabbit, and you have to play a Russian roulette with him. Yep. And, yeah, and there's. Oh, that... you think you needed the expansion pack for that one? You need like the the, the the extra memory you put in the front of your. It's console. when you plug the rumble pack in. You plug the controller into control port two. Yep. <laughs> um, but also, like even at the end of uh, every level in Mario Two, there's that rotating box yeah. of all different things. You have to do the thing. I. So, what I'm getting here is some sort of high-dex, moderate-strength potion user? Alchemist, but, like, a narco-alchemist. Hmm. So I guess alchemist, but he has to find them. Yes. Let's assume that he put those in those boxes for safekeeping. That makes sense. Um, sorry? What? Hmm? He also put the coins there. Um, he has to jump, which you can do with alchemy. So mm-hmm. like he can, he can take drafts which like he he can be on a constant tick of um you know bull strength and whatever the one for cat's grace that was it yeah bull strength cat cat's grace and then um if he wants to throw fireballs and get a potion of fireball you can't get a potion of fireball can you that would just that's a big big fiery burp that's gasoline I guess I guess you can get a potion of fireball you just drink it and it lets you cast fireball right I guess. So that's what scrolls is for. Anyway, <laughs> point is, Mario is a wizard, and if you tell me anything different, I'll fight you. I think he might be a wizard. Honestly, it would explain, it would explain why he's only got one fucking hit point. Yeah, actually oh. killed by a house cat. Yeah. Ask me a question. I will. Mm. Um, oh, we, on, we never did Luigi. Oh, Luigi would be identical but green. He's a bard. Go on. <laughs> he's a bard. Um, Sal asks what games would work best with a wildly different tone to the one intended for example Grimdark Paranoia Noir D&D have you ever had this work? I quite like the idea of Noir D&D I like the idea of Noir anything yeah you are you are crazy for that Noir I love it that's kind of a charming idea though like uh, an orc walked into my office she had teeth from here at next Tuesday <laughs> and a face like trouble she she's said, on interdimensional gate <laughs> she looked at me and said I didn't speak I, orc I didn't speak orc I I'm going to think 
relentlessly positive Dark Heresy. <laughs> like, actually hella positive. I like the idea that you're like pamphleteers for a very good cause, and you're just trying mm. to drum up funds. <laughs> and that's the new version of Rogue Trader. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, chugging. <laughs> yeah. Which is charity mugging for our yes. American listeners. Or, I guess, non-English listeners. I, I, assume, I assume anyone who isn't English who listens to this is either American or intelligent enough to get our gags. <laughs> wow, slight on the Americans there. Oh, not, not intelligent. I mean, like, well-versed enough, you know? But Americans, not big readers. I f- no. But I, I, fig- I, I figure Germany's <laughs> at least English ad- adjacent. They, they're going to get the slang. Yes. I figure true. everyone in Germany knows what a Greg's is. Yes. But Thankfully, though, have, they probably I don't have, have no, to go there. I don't have a developed theory of mind. I'm a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think relentlessly positive dark heresy could be fun, or possibly dark heresy as a satire of business rather than of rather than of nations. So you're here, like you're you're administrators for the Imperium, and you're here to make sure everything's. Well, actually, this is part this is part of dark heresy, but you, but but you'd up the bureaucracy side of things. Yeah, and like, I think and like, I think actually like that strapping the word positive to ninety hmm. percent of role playing games hmm. would change them immeasurably. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like we were chatting about um, when we wrote Unbound, we had we had a little bit in there before the touchstones, uh, which is like, what's the tone of your campaign? Is it light? Is it dark? What what's the setting of your campaign? That sort of thing, mm-hmm. and having a light tone is actually really fun and it's something which not a lot of games get into and a lot of games have that black humour where things are horrible but I uh, very recently ran a game of D&D 5th Ed set in uh, in fantasy Los Angeles in high school and it was tremendously good fun they all had a dance party at the end with a lich that is pretty neat and like the one of the best Call of Cthulhu games I ever had was based around the concept that you can win. Mm. And like having having the hope as your central mechanic in things like Call of Cthulhu mm. is actually kind of interesting. Mm. Because normally you're looking at it, well, there's a monster, we're done. Mm. It's over. We lose. Whereas like, it's a monster. Hang on. There's a way we can do this. It actually makes the, the highs higher and the lows lower. Yeah, for sure, it's contrast, right? And also, it's surprising and interesting. Yeah, and like I think that wouldn't be as so exciting if there wasn't every other Cthulhu game in existence. That is very true, and but I mean a lot of that feel. A lot of Cthulhu games now kind of veer slightly towards this by being pulpy. Mm. But I that's a bit of pulp. Yeah, pulp's great, but I like the idea that like a normal basic person can defeat all these things because they mm. don't the, the things don't think human. Yes, that makes sense. I really like one of my favorite tropes is 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 uh, oh we shouldn't have fucked with humans. Humanity, yeah. fuck yeah. In that actually we're really dangerous and creepy and weird and like you can cut off our arms and legs and we'll keep coming. Yeah, and like um, one of my favorite films is Evolution. Yes, which is it's not because it's got David Duchovny in it. It does have David Duchovny in it, but it's also very very funny. Um, well, but that's got aliens attacking. Mm-hmm. And essentially, five idiots figure out that because humans are carbon-based life forms, if you go down two on the periodic table and over one, there's cyanide which kills humans. 
And these know. and these are like sodium based or something. I can't remember. So you, so you need so they go down two and over one, and they get selenium, which is in head and shoulders. So they fire um, mm. head and shoulders into the rectum of a giant alien and kill it. It was, it was quite the advert for head and shoulders. It really was. But I love that kind of plucky upstart idiots going. Yes, yeah, this will work. Yeah, we can have a go at this. Yeah, why can't I kill Azasoth with some magic dynamo? <laughs> or some conditioner. <laughs> I have a question for you. What is it? Drew Gotobed asks. Currently, I'm running a Kickstarter for my board game cafe, the first one in the northeast of England. Northeast of England, located in Newcastle, a little place called Meeple Perk. My question is, and it's not related to the Kickstarter. Can you believe this? Shocking. Can you believe the audacity? Of Drew go to bed. The sheer gall. The sheer gall. He would use our hallowed is a strong word, sacred website form to submit a plug for his game cafe. Now, actually, I do want to say if you do run a if you do run a podcast, Chris and I have a Kickstarter next month, so we will be on your podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah, and mention it as well. Yeah, cheers. Mm-hmm. cheers. Um, yeah, um, that was a wink yeah. and a gun, but um, I realise this is an audio medium. Did you make a wink noise? I'm, no, I made the. Ah, I think that's I think that's enough to show. I think people yeah. would know what it was. I even did the guns again. <laughs> I, I did it too, but I, 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 I don't think I was at home thinking, "Holy shit, has Chris got a gun?" <laughs> wow, we should report him. Oh my god, he's got. Well, I guess he does live in the countryside. Um, Drew Go to Bed asks after this just disgusting pitch. My question is: My party are traveling the Feywild, and I want something interesting. I'm going to try reading this question again. Oh, please! Because do. I had the weirdest intonation on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's my fucking... question is: My party. My question is: My party. Actually, you know what, Drew? You know what? <laughs> Anyone can write in and promote their Kickstarter, but I get to read their their um, their question in a stupid voice. <laughs> my question is: My party are traveling the Feywild, and I want something interesting and unexpected things for them to do. Suggestions? That's not a full sentence, Drew. Excellent question, Drew. Uh, yeah. Didn't really like how you asked it in that nasally voice, but I will accept oh, it. Unfortunately, I had to ask it this way because I wanted to promote my Kickstarter. Can I have some money? You can play board games and drink coffee at the same time. I mean, that does sound like a good idea. It's it's certainly a popular idea. It's a good one. Mm. Um, so, the Feywild. The Feywild. I really like the way that 4th Ed did alternate domains. In that you had prime material, and then bonus, <laughs> normal and weird. Well, like back back on the back, what was it? So back in three point five and before, you had the like the grand wheel, the great wheel of cosmology. Yeah, which had prime material in the middle, and then everything else divvied off onto the side. And it meant you got some bullshit ones like the elemental plane of mud. Yes, like oh, I can't wait to go to the elemental plane of steam. What's Ooh, it the like elemental there? plane well, of loose change. It's like, what's the thing? I, that, Chris, that sounds like an interesting place. It does, actually. Because loose change has connotations, tropes, icons, things things I could do there. Should I it's the same place change? that Byros and tiny screws go. Yeah, yeah. Byro hell. But it is opposed 
by the, another plane that's like kind of glued to it, uh, which is that weirdly and uniquely shaped piece of plastic that you can't throw away, and you keep yeah. finding. I like I like to imagine that um, that like, I I suppose that's like heaven and hell, right? For those like for for, for, for small mass produced objects. Yes. Heaven is when you get lost down the back of the sofa, or you know you get discarded, or what have you, and then, and then you go to hell. Heaven would be that you get to live in Earth forever, but as a USB connector for a device you're not sure connects to. Yep. And this beautiful Zen state of well, I guess I'll need it someday. You get to live forever. You live forever in the kitchen drawer. <laughs> What's the question? Cosmology. Wild, something Cosmology. Yeah. So it took that, and then so everything had to everything had to be opposed, and everything had to sort of. It, it, it took the idea of um, multiplanar travel, and then made it effectively derived stats. Okay. Which sucked. Yeah. Well, cause, well, cause no, no, I is, understand. Yeah. I just hadn't thought of it like that before. I don't like derived stats. It was Love balls. Um, I know. Now, um, fourth ed had prime material, and then you had um, Elysium, which was like heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Feywild, which was where all the fairies came from, and the elves, some of them. And then you had Shadowtown. No, what was it called? The I can't remember, but it's like Shadow Bobado. Shadow Bobado, Grimdark, <laughs> Spooky Town, uh, Haunted Villa. Oh, it's where the Drow lived, anyway. And like um, the Shadarkai. Yes. And you spooky boys, and that was always fun to take a trip into. Um, I saw actually. I, I saw a game at the intersection of the real world, the Feywild, and Spooky Town. I had a campaign running there for a while. Like it's a, the corner of Fourth and Main, basically. Yeah. What the fuck was it? Shadow Dark, Shadowfell, Shadowfell. That's it. Shadowfell. Thank you. And you'd get it if I just threw enough words together because presumably that's how they fucking named it. And then you had like sorry, the sorry, just, plane. just quickly, just quickly. The Shadowfell yeah. always amused me. Yeah. Because I know people who quite often go fell walking. Right. And they just look like mundane hikers. Mm. So all I had in my mind the first time I saw Shadowfell was just like a just a lightly wooded hill. <laughs> but dark. But dark. Yeah. Anyway, I'm terrible, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, so it was very good. I like that. And that's not, that's not what the question is. What might happen in the Feywild? I think a really big owlbear princess. No, a big owlbear queen will coo over you and insist that you stay for tea with an, an increasingly with a series of increasingly awful children that, that sounds wonderful and nightmarish mm, you must stay for more dessert <laughs> I've made taramasalata, that's not a dessert I've made trifle out of arms <laughs> yeah, everything's just arms madam Oh, you cannot leave. If you do, your thoughts will be thorns. <laughs> no, that's bullshit. Oh, God, no. <laughs> everybody, everybody just stop thinking. Oh, my eighth birthday is so sharp. Oh. Yeah, that, I think, I think Albert should be able to talk. And if they shouldn't talk, they should always be screaming. <laughs> Hooting, howling and screeching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, smashing things. Albert should be asleep or angry. I yes. don't want any sort of intermediate. No, no, no. Just, just like flicking a light switch. Yeah, <laughs> like so it's asleep, and then it's just like it's it's like a second later, smashing apart the tree it's sleeping under. Yeah, that's how you still, know there's an Albert sleeping there. S- still in its nightgown and nightcap. <laughs> this this old granny in a house coat, but but it's an Albert. Chris, I think you need to bring back the um, sleeping cap and sleeping shirt. 
I think Why me? Look, I think he'd look great in a long night shirt. I think you could really make it work. I I don't think I'm cool enough. I think that could be what it does. And also, like, one of those little floppy pointy hats that guys wear, you know? Like, like if you imagine... Do you, ever, do you ever get Wee Willy Winky sausages? Do you ever get those? Yes. Do you remember the picture of the guy on there? Yeah. Um, who, who had a candle on a, on a candle holder, a little floppy hat, and a blue nightshirt. That's what I'm imagining you wearing. And honestly, I, I unless you unless unless I'd seen you fall asleep in your clothes every time you fall asleep at my house, <laughs> um, because Chris has a Chris Chris views sleep as an endurance battle. Yes, which he has to like. It's it's kind of um, it's you you exhaustion hunt yourself. Yes, and I often catch myself, which is a problem. Mm. Yes, point is, um, I think you'd look really good. I think I think I think you've got you've got the face for it. You've got the physique. I think you can make everything work. You're like it would be a big statement. Plus, it's quite nice and warm. See, the issue here is that like I sleep in my headphones. Yes, and. I wake up every night with them bound around my neck. Why don't you get wireless headphones? Oh, I have them. They just they just run out of battery so quick. Oh, right. I see. Well, yeah. carry on. So I worry that if I've got a lovely floppy hat with a bobble... They don't have a bobble, but carry on. Okay. I'm going to wound up hanging from the rafters. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself with this hat. <laughs> so I will die. I imagine it's easier to choke yourself with headphones than it is with a hat. That is very true. I think they allow hats in prison, even. No. Certain kinds. Good not, like, not like knife-shaped hats, or hats oh. that are the shape of guns. What about cakes? That's fine. Is it? That's how they sneak hats in. They <laughs> make, make it into a cake. Um, Would you like a role-playing question? What are we talking about? Feywild. Feywild, yes. Chris. So, sorry, I'm very distracted today. You are. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the tangents, but um, I think it's, I had a second cup of coffee immediately before recording, so I think my brain's firing slightly too fast. Yeah. Um, I put forward big owlbears. What, what have you got in the Feywild? I had thoughts of thorns. Yes. Um, mazes are good in the Feywild. Oh, yeah, especially if they're allegorical. Mm, if they mean something to the individual. Yeah, so like, like you go into the maze and it's like it's bespoke to you. Yep. Um, you could have a if one player arrives late, their character is the only real character of the session, and everyone else is fetches made of magic, old twigs, and rabbit knee bones. Yep. And um, the and the other characters have carte blanche to do really really weird things and and misbehave, and then at the end. Um, it turns out it was all an illusion cast by a fake prince. Actually, it's kind of fun. Just like if some if you if somebody if somebody texts saying, "Look, I'm going to be 15 minutes late." Yeah, you got 10 minutes to brief everybody at your table, mm-hmm. do some batshit stuff. So um, my partner Mary did this in her Color of Magic game. This awesome. guy, this guy missed a session, and so he was like, and so uh, she was like, "Okay, next session, it's, it's James's dream session. So I want you all to be incredibly weird." <laughs> uh, and we backed over a dog in the car, um, and then what, on the I, way to the session. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really weird. I was, God, I, was, I, was, I was laughing. No, no, no. In the game, um, okay. we accidentally backed over a dog, and we brought it upstairs. And I think I, I, I had like I, I had power of death, power of meat. I think in some way, and so I tried, I tried to fix the dog's, uh, the dog's mauled body with uh, with meat we had in the fridge. Like, <laughs> 
Uh, and James was getting increasingly worried with the whole thing. And that was great fun, so I recommend lying. Yeah, like, the Feywild is a great thing to straight up lie to your players. Mm-hmm. And for that to be okay. Because mm. if needs be, if it's campaign breaking, you can just take it all away again. At yeah. some capricious whim. Um, horrible diseases, like body horror is quite good in the Feywild. Yep. Can um, I suggest fungal infections? You can, please do. Like ringworm, but it's, but fey ringworm. Oh, so like you got you got fairy circles growing. On yes, <laughs> fairy rings, fairy ringworm. There we go. Yeah, that's the one. Like grotesque stuff like that, because because the fey are so alien mm. in their thinking. Like they're immortal. Mm. They live in a place that doesn't make sense. You can just like, go nuts with causality and yeah. with all sorts of stuff. And you've got that free reign, which is really freeing. Mm. Body swap. Some people swap character sheets. Yep. Shuffle them. That's pretty easy. Ask me a question. Master of DMing asks, where do you get your inspiration from? A song. <laughs> just a song. Just one song I listen to over and over. Which That's... song is that? September by Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> and what is it from this song that really conjured up such great works as Honey Heist? Well, it's a song about memory. Okay. And September. Yes. And whether or not the listener remembers what happened in September. And so I simply use that as a mnemonic to remember what happened in September, yep. which is when I played my first ever role-playing game. <laughs> Uh, also, it has a, it has a sick chorus. Does it? Could you? Could... I don't know the words, so I just had to sort of make that is words. fine. That is exactly how that sounds. Yeah, cool. That's the fella. Um, no, I <laughs> get inspiration from <clears throat> coughing, and this is going to sound really weird. My own work. <laughs> I'm very self-referential. I'm very self-referential, like but, but but like when I I'm incredibly self-referential. But also everything I do in a like a game that I've that I'm running for my mates or what have you, it's all just recycled shit that you and I have written. Yeah, I try not to invent anything new because I've already spent some time doing it. So I'll keep reusing NPCs because I like them. That's fair. Um. So like I try so like the old improv rule of you know establishing platform then using it I apply that in a meta game level in a meta meta game level between games <laughs> by never having to come up with a new idea I like what do I what do I watch for what do I do for I I don't watch much telly I guess I've been watching The Wire recently and that's been quite inspiring like like watching people be competent and watching betrayal and um, duplicity that's kind yeah. of interesting uh, but but also like people. People working within structures to try and um, gain power whilst not shaking the boat too much is a is something which I enjoy. Um, I watch shit, Chris. I don't know. I mean, I can just name some things I like. No, but... you see, this is interesting because this the, when I saw this question, that's why mm. I picked it because I used to read an awful lot. Mm. I used to consume books, and I you haven't. Did, yeah. I haven't read a lot of books that recently. Mm. I've got about five that I bought and then not even looked at. That's a start. It's more than me. Yeah, um, things like the new Tim Powers book, that sort of yeah. stuff, is just sitting on my Kindle, mm. and I haven't even started it. So I can't really do books. 
The only TV I watch is YouTube videos of people painting miniatures to relax with. <laughs> um, and occasion, Twitch, right? I watch Twitch, but that doesn't count. And old episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. And like, I, I, don't, I, would say, I don't I would know say, where my inspiration comes from. I would say that every single one of your role-playing game characters has been directly inspired by It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Even before I saw that show, yes, very much so. <laughs> you uh, you play you play monstrous, amoral hideousnesses. That is actually true. I do <laughs> uh, with with always always some good humour. Yep, <laughs> but incredibly spiteful and petty. I do play that a lot. Mm, I think that's why you enjoy it so much. Yeah, it might be. I um I think like inspiration for me doesn't work. Um, I think this is more broadly applicable to like game design rather than designing uh, adventures or, or or like it's also applicable to writing in general and world building and that sort of thing. It's not you can watch this and then be inspired and do the thing because if you just watch one, if you can name your sources of inspiration directly without thinking too hard, you've copied them. Yeah. And I think that the like the mark of creativity, because obviously there's no new ideas under the sun. You know, it's it's 2018. We've done that now, but we're building on everything that's gone before. And it's our responsibility as creators to try and stay broadly aware of tropes and movements, and to see what's to see what's been done before, and then take that and then use our consciousnesses. God, this is so wanky. There use our go. consciousnesses and our skills as a prism. To cast new light from those things, or reinterpret that to make them to offer new insight or a new spin, or say, for example, put giant robots in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, and I think I agree with all of that except for your use of the word prism, which was wanky. Thank you. That's fair. Um, but like when we're pipe, <laughs> when we're Nozzle. we're making stuff, mm-hmm. we don't go. Oh, there was this interesting thing that I saw in X. Maybe mm. we could do something with that. We sit there and we go, so, elves. Yeah. What's cool about elves? And we make some stuff up. And then we go, eh, does that sound right? And then we do it again. I did, I did, I did, in the last roleplay session I ran, describe some guy getting shot through the cheek, because I'd watched Dread recently, and there's a really cool bit where this guy gets shot through the cheek, and then one of my players went, oh, just like in Dread! I was like, yeah, shut up. Bollocks. Fuck. <laughs> it was a cool thing. Uh, I think Dread Dread could inspire any game. You should watch that before, before, during, and after writing any game you're doing. <laughs> it's a great film. I actually really rate it. I mean, I, I, as I said, I, I rewatched it, and it's um, like it holds up. I think yeah. it's slightly better on the second viewing, and it, it does interesting things with chemicals. It gives it gives them a reason to have slow motion. Yes, it gives them a reason to like a cinematic reason to have slow motion, mm-hmm. um, and to use like ridiculously high def cameras and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's got but, lovely Lena Headey in it. Lovely Lena Headey. Oh, even though she's a baddie. Um, but that, like, the drug itself is super interesting. Like, why would somebody who's in the in the gutter, in the worst place there is, mm. want to slow down time? I believe it's euphoric as well. Okay. Because whenever anyone does it, they're all like, "Oh, that's really nice." Rather than this is taking ages. <laughs> like I'm in this horrible prison. Yeah, I want this to last a lot longer. No, I think I think it's it's euphoric, but you can use it to extend torture the same way that they do in uh, in the film. Okay, yeah, in the film. Uh, yeah, so inspiration is a bit like doing compost, I think, rather than um, collaging. 
think you need that, to... Yeah, it is, it, is, it is garden waste, not decoupage. Yeah. Yes. You need to take everything, break it down, not and like let it let it percolate, let it let it let it flow through you. Yeah, and, and like you take inspiration out... from literally everything in that oh, shit, methodology. Yeah. Cooking. Yeah. What? Well, like like I, I, I take inspiration from cooking in like in like the combination of different flavours and stuff. And Yeah, and you start like, to learn what goes well together and... and what goes well together and like and, and, and like how to have and like in terms of intuiting Intuiting things going together, and it's that concepts. No, I've lost it. Sorry, that was too far. I do not get inspired by cooking. Strike that from the records. It is struck. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, the compost metaphor is the best thing that you said there. Thank um, you very much. Like it's just this aggregate of everything that you experience and take in, mm. and you just kind of file it away and ignore it. Yeah, trying to think too hard about it, and think, eventually it becomes beautiful, it. beautiful story mulch. We we have to like th- like thankfully because we because we're our own bosses we can kind of set our own schedules, mm-hmm. which is tremendous because no one's like hey I need these classes on my desk by Monday boys, because sometimes it just doesn't come. Yeah, and like I think there's an awful lot of um, there's an awful lot of writing out there. Uh, I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna be real for a sec. Oh, chaps. turn that chair around. Um, no, not again. No. Um, it's got arms on it anyway. I can't get my <laughs> Um It. Fuck, what was I talking about? I just, uh, sorry, I I was thinking about about how wide I'd have to stretch my legs to turn sit backwards on this chair. You're going to get real for a second here. Yeah, um, there's an awful lot of chat about, about about how writer's block doesn't exist, and if you have writer's block, you're just not a good writer. Get, like, sit down and do it. And I think to a certain extent that is true. I think that there is there like the. The idea that oh inspiration just hasn't struck me today oh I just can't write today we can have good days and bad days and that's fine and I don't think there's any sort of magical inspiration juice which you can get by doing certain things mm-hmm. I think that we can feel well rested and we and we can feel ready to do work because you know game design is work uh, the same way that I might not feel super up for going and punching numbers at the pensions company but I could do a bad job of it there's not much point in doing a bad job of writing because it will be bad yeah and I think that it. It can be forced, um, and what's and like if you're in if if you're writing a novel, if you're writing um, like quite dry fluff, or if you're doing technical writing, it's possible to force that because you have ropes you can go through, you have you have structure you can go through. Um, but in, in, in terms of doing something like massively creative, I'm not saying that games designing is more creative than novel writing, but in terms of trying to trying to create a, a machine which lets other people tell their stories in their own way you need to take your time with it and you need to that and you need to as chris said absorb all the stuff and then leave it yeah because it'll come to you or it won't something will come to you and if it doesn't come to it you're one of the things i guess one of the things that, that that we regularly do is a really really old technique that everybody knows but not enough people do which is what word clouding to- Oh, I thought you were talking about a thing where we where we uh, bury a heart at the crossroads with pins in it. Yeah, in a little tin box with a picture of us. That's a um, very old technique. It, it, it is it is ancient, but it still works. Mm. Uh, no, word, word clouding is is like, very beneficial for because us. all it does is it gets a load of crap out of your system. Yeah, that's at least tangentially related to what's for going sure. on, and that's that's where you're drawing from those inspirations because it's mm. those inspirations that have put those words into your head. I would also recommend working with either me or Chris. 
Yeah, that does well, make a, that does make it a lot easier. It makes it significantly easier having each other to look out for us. But there's basically every other game designer who does it on their own. I'm going to say about four times a day, I'll say to Chris, oh, "I've had this idea. What do we think about this?" Or Chris will be like, "I'm just feeling this out. Let me let me just say it." And if I was working on my own, I wouldn't have like I'd think about it and go, "Ah, nah, I'm all right," and then move on. Mm. And so having someone, they give you that safety net, which lets you do audacious and strange things. But not just that safety net, that that push of, no, there's a kernel of good idea in yeah, there. Yeah, there's something here, isn't there? Yeah. And like and like the, the ability to rationalise someone's talent, uh, yeah, sorry, I to, mean, to recognise someone's talent, recognise the potential of an idea. I mean, that's how 90% of the one-page RPGs get made. You come to me yeah. with, with like, I've got an idea for this. And I go, well, <laughs> that's half good. Chris, I've got a solid 65% of an idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we just, like, knock one bit off of it. Yeah. And it becomes a more focused, more playable, more usable thing. Yeah. So it's, it's about how you interact with that inspiration, not just yeah, for sure. the gaining but of it. I, th- I think it's fun to work with other people as well, um, uh, who are Chris. Yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> but like, well, I guess what I'm saying is with inspiration, it's not like you have to have seen these films and read these books. Yeah. That's redundant. I think, I think like it, it's a, I think that within our industry, you have to have read these games. Yes, there but are, that's, there are that's not. That you need to be at least broadly aware. That's of. not inspiration. That's no. movements and trends. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think I, I think that it's it's your responsibility as a game designer to know what the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons does. Yeah, and that's that's fine. But that's not inspiration. Like mm. to get inspiration, do shit you love every day. <laughs> yeah. Like if if you, if you really really love sit, sitting there on your ass watching Home Home and Away, knock yourself out. Yeah, that's still adding to your inspiration. You're getting shit. Personal like, drama. Right, the home and away role playing game. That would be rad as shit. Could we call it Strength? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, Australia. Should we wrap oh. this shit up? Let's 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 call this this. We've answered, I think, circus. three questions. <laughs> let's call this bizarre circus to an end. Um. Well, thank you so much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. Now, rather than uh, do the normal blurb, we're going to have our circus friends prevent, uh, present the uh, the uh, the details of all of, of where you can follow us. So over here, what's what's that? Why it's an elephant with our Twitter address written on the side. It's at HDF Podcast. What have you Get prepared for the email, Chris? Get that was just- my just get out. Bloody elephant. Every I'm time. So, I'm so sad and abused in these sub- optimal conditions. Yes, you're a circus elephant. I can talk as well. That is why you're in the circus. <laughs> you're a freak. <laughs> you're a freak like the rest of us, boy. Get back in the cage or I'll electrocute you again. <laughs> Manuel, bring me my kicking shoes. <laughs> Sorry. And there's just there's just a, there's a shot of you lacing up these like these these incredibly like high like high kneel like knee high boots, and then your hand goes all the way down to the bottom as a toggle, and you pull it, and it goes <laughs> starting the engines. Um, what what delights have you prepared to communicate the email address to people? Uh, we, we, what we have here is we have seven. That's right, seven. Seven. Trapeze artists. Whoa. To which we have attached fireworks. <laughs> have they? Are they okay with this? Nope. Nope. 
but they are should have joined the union they are contractually obliged <laughs> and as they flip through the air with the greatest of ease <laughs> the flaming trails of their burning leotards mm. spell out our email address which if you can read it in the in, in the flames there grant please it's um i see hefty dog fronds they are all fired Oh, I get it. It's heartydicefriends at gmail.com. And finally, if you want to give us some money, why? Here's a clown with a bucket, and inside is some water. Except, wait, it's not water. It's the letters. Patreon.com forward slash heartydicefriends. Which all came out in order. And you can go there. This is the weakest metaphor of all. It is. And you can go there if you want to support this. Chris, I've I've enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed not answering many questions. I feel that this freewheeling nature, uh, it's I find it invigorating and yes. enjoyable. It, it has been an episode full of pep, mm, verve, um, verve, but not a whole bunch of information. So we're really sorry. Yeah, I don't think people come to us for the information. Sometimes they do. Sometimes. Well, we we helped that Feywild guy out. Plus, we plus we pimped his abominable Kickstarter. Don't call it abominable. I'm sure it's fine. He's going to listen I'm, to this. It's like, yeah, whatever you do is shit. I'm not. I'm not really angry. <laughs> no, I know, but it definitely sounds like it. Yeah, I, I guess I haven't dropped kayfabe. No, so, so. <laughs> really sounds like you hate him for saying about Kickstarter. No, I don't hate him. I love him. I want and to I... elope with him, just him. I want to carry him away in a big basket and then kiss him underneath the Eiffel Tower and then gently run my hand underneath his shirt. Wow. Yeah, that's how, bake, that's that's how much I like him. Bake him a cake. Bake him I mean. a cake. Yeah, but if you are in Newcastle and do like board games and presumably coffee, it, then go yeah, Kickstarter. I mean, one's, and find one's, it. one's got to assume. Um, well, uh, it, it's got perk in the names. So it's either coffee or like dexamphetamines. Yes, um, some sort of adrenaline, probably from pigs. <laughs> although, although I wouldn't really describe the the, the sensation of adrenaline as a perk. What is this liquid? Ah, it's the squeezings from a lion's thyroid. Mm. Why, Ambassador? (laughs) You're surely spoiling us? You're surely spoiling us with this big square pyramid of lion thyroids. (laughs) It's viscous. Each each wrapped in delicious milk chocolate and hazelnuts. Ferrero Rocher, made from only the finest lion bits. (laughs) It looks, tastes, and smells like albumin. What lion thyroid? Yeah, does it? Well, the squeezings might. Mm. I've never so squeezed a thyroid. Thank you so much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. I imagine it probably just smell like lion innards. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. We've enjoyed this. You've enjoyed this. Give us some money, or we'll come around your house and stomp on your roof. Understood? Yeah. Yeah. Now get out of here. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Are we talking to me or the listeners? Yes. <laughs> listeners. 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 He's gone. It's just me now.